It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Thank you very much, Zach Boyd, and good morning on Monday, October 9th, 2023, to Wolo and Friends, Dave Woloshin's show, Dave Woloshin's hour. He's out today, he's out tomorrow. He'll be back in here on Wednesday. I hosted last week, and I'm in for you today and tomorrow. I'm Brett Norsworthy, and glad to be with you on this Monday morning. And so much to discuss after a very busy weekend of about every single sport you can think of. And we have college basketball news today with the assembled media down in Dallas-Fort Worth area. That includes Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal, who does such a great job on that Tigers basketball beat. He normally joins Dave on Monday mornings. He will not today, but he'll be back with Dave next Monday. And when the college basketball season gets going, you can hear him every Monday morning with Dave on everything that occurred over the weekend in the very busy world of Tigers basketball. And Bryant Dacus and I will have him again this year at 5 o'clock on Friday's starting Friday, November 3rd, through what we hope is a late, late March, maybe even early April, glorious Tiger basketball run. I had to think about it, Zach, last night. For the first time in 15 years in a competitive game, and it will really resonate on on the opening night, uh, October 25th against New Orleans, Derrick Rose with Memphis across the front of that jersey. That 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 was that was interesting last night and fun and will be a fun story. He had 13 in a preseason game, overtime thriller against the Pacers. The Grizzlies get the win and that would no Marcus Smart, Jaron Jackson, really good and a whole lot better than he was in in the Philippines in in the FIBA World Cup over the weekend. A lot of baseball that we'll discuss. Tigers football. It did not play over the weekend. Open date and the countdown is officially on to that big game on Friday night, and I'm with Greg Gasson. I just heard his comments earlier, and Eli Savoy agreed. This coming Friday night, I think the biggest game, no doubt, of the Ryan Silverfield era, and I think the biggest home game the Tigers have played at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium since the AAC Championship game at the conclusion of that 2019 season that punched their ticket to the Cotton Bowl in, in Dallas. That win that day was was a terrific win, and it was followed. Uh, it was following the biggest regular season game I think in Memphis in a long time, and that was the game the Tigers played SMU the day that the whole world was had its college, whole college football world had the eyes on Memphis with college game day originating from Bill Street on a sun splash, perfect day. And this Friday night, I think we'll have a lot of those same feelings around it against a the champions of the Cotton Bowl in Tulane and a solid, solid team in Coach Willie Fritz. He, his teams may be the definition of solid. When, when, I, when I saw Tulane a month or so ago, when Ole Miss played down there in week two, they only had two penalties all day. And they were late in the game. I think it was two penalties for a total of 10 yards all day. And that's about as, as benign as it gets. And it was late in the game, really after the, the game had been decided on a late scoop and score for, for Ole Miss, but how they tackled, uh, how they run routes, the little things. They are the personification that, that coaches talk about doing the little things extremely well, and it, it adds up to big things. It's a cliche, but it's real. That's Friday night, and I think the countdown this week 
will be a lot of fun. I know when I know tomorrow we are, and 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 today as well. Uh, we'll talk about it during Dave's show, and and this week on on Sports Time again with me with Bright Dacus. We're we're gonna have dedicated guests every single day on the countdown to this big game Friday night, six o'clock for the Tigers against Tulane. And if they win that one, then they are for sure the I think the prohibitive favorite. To be one of the two teams in the in the AAC conference championship game, it could be the first of two games this year against Tulane. Next week's opponent, though, for the Tigers, we'll worry about next week. Next week, this week's all about Tulane. But I thought UAB had started playing better. I thought UAB got a lot better in their loss that looked pretty lopsided. If you just if you just looked at the score of the UAB loss to Georgia. You, you would think, you know, well, you know, they, they got ran out by Georgia. Who, who doesn't, uh, this year? But it, they, they found a little something offensively that night. And I think they have been improving. And I, I will be worried about that game, but worry about that game next week. This week is about Tulane again last night at FedEx Forum. The Grizzlies win in overtime. Zach Boyd, you were there. I was told it was more than a respectable crowd for a preseason game. What was the what was the feeling like finally getting back downtown to to FedEx Forum? Yeah, like it was. I, I'm I was excited to be there. Let's let's start off. I, I, I was really excited to be there. Finally, get a chance to step into the arena for a Grizzlies uh, basketball game. At the same time, it was just this weird feeling. Like, man, it's already basketball season already for the grizzlies so it's october like, 8th yeah yeah because it was it was just it was just that type of mix of emotions but i was really excited to see what this team can do see what uh d rose have left for the tank uh hopefully we get a chance to see what marcus smart looks like on the floor with these guys um but yeah no i'm i'm excited to get this ball rolling on this season keep going there was one big thing i thought the takeaway from last night never mind the score never mind overtime there was one gigantic takeaway what do you think it was if see if we agree i think it's number six not, on the floor am i right nope no, no he was good though he was he, good he, you, you're, you're talking about kenny lofton he yeah. was real good so nope my, my big takeaway Hey mate, Steve Adams out there for twelve minutes, four <laughs> points, and and looking like you know it, it, he's going to be okay. That that that's the key. That was the key last year. I don't know what the Grizzlies would have done with him, but I sure would have liked to have seen it play out like that after he got hurt on January thirty first out in Phoenix. I thought that was big to see him out there because we've been waiting for that, and we know how coy, and I don't blame him. Uh, completely how coy the Grizzlies are with injury. I think more, more is, is better than, than less on the injury front, but we know how, you know, really how paranoid and, and protective people are now of injury news, but it was good to see big Steve Adams out there for me. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like you, you could tell, you could tell the difference and the kind of giddy up like the team had with him on the floor. And then, I, obviously, you know, the biggest thing is it slides Jaron back to his normal position, like playing the power forward. And you kind of saw him flying around and being that second defender that made him defensive player of the year and not having to, you know, play the five so much and worry about not only protecting the rim but also rebounding. So, you know, it, it was kind of it was great to kind of get get that back to normal in a sense. 18 from Jaron Jackson, 17 from Desmond Bain, 15 from Jake LaRavia. 
Kenny Lofton with 11. We mentioned Derrick Rose with the 13. And a good night. We know it starts the process. It's a ne- it's necessary. And, Zach, I was telling you earlier, I've never been to a, an NBA preseason game. <clears throat> I can probably say I'm never going to one. I watch very little. And I used to, my mantra used to be, just tell me if anybody got hurt and how many more days to the regular season starts. I don't think that's – and that, that's a little rigid. And I don't think that's the case with this team. We've got to see some guys and see what they can do in a little meshing and merging of, of personalities and players. Brevin Knight has a strong, strong treatise. Sermon that on cutting the preseason games. He said, you know, I, I know the players want it. No Players Association wants it. No, the fans want it. The owners don't. Nobody really wants to mess with it. But it has hurt the product, especially early in the season, because there's only one way to get run, and that's to go out there and run and, and play in a real NBA game. And, and I, I, I agree with, with Brevin on that one. The weekend in baseball, and it, it, it was interesting. How about the Texas Rangers? Up 2-0 over the 101-win Baltimore Orioles. 3-2 thriller on Saturday. An 11-8 thrashing uh, yesterday afternoon into last night. They scored 11. The Cowboys only scored 10 over the weekend. The Texas Rangers got more than the Cowboys. Game three on Tuesday night in the Metroplex. They can close it out. They've got three to win one with two of them being at home. And, and the, fir- the first game tomorrow night for them to potentially close out in Arlington. Minnesota won one in their series against Houston. That's all they wanted. They wanted a split in Houston. They got it. And the win- with the win yesterday, Minnesota makes it 1-1 in that series. They beat Fromber Val- Valdez uh, 6-2. Uh, in the National League, the Phillies one zip over Atlanta. Game two today at 5 o'clock with, with – with Max Freed on the mound against Zach Wheeler, uh, three to nothing in Game One. Arizona uh, blasted the Dodgers eleven to two. They they rocked uh, Clayton Kershaw in Clayton Kershaw's Hall of Fame career. He is thirteen and thirteen in the postseason with a four four nine ERA. He's appeared in thirty nine games in the postseason and allowed thirty home runs and fifty one walks. This is the Cardinal fan coming out of me, I know, but he used to always complain that the Cardinals were stealing his pitches, that you know he was tipping. Something was always not his fault when the the Cardinals were hitting. Everybody hits him in the postseason. I think he recorded one out, one out in that game. He almost had the ERA that runs into infinity. It just keeps going because he didn't get anybody out. He he got one out. Zach, did you see what the ERA is when you when you allow that many runs and you only have one out? Did you see what his ERA is? Uh, it wasn't good. <laughs> no, it, 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 it is really bad. It's the number baseball fans uh, are, are really familiar with. The number of games in a baseball season is 162, right? Yes. That's his ERA. But but it beats it running like the debt clock if you never get anybody out. And I've seen some pitchers uh, go, go through that. The weekend in college football in the AAC, Texas San Antonio, 49-34 winners over Temple. Navy, 27-24 over North Texas. UAB, as I mentioned, 56-35 over South FLA. They get 56 on South Florida. Bama could only get 17 on South Florida. Trent Dilfer is getting it right. UConn, 
38-31 over Rice. You look at that box score. How did Rice lose? Had more yards rushing. Had more yards passing. Had fewer penalties. But the turnovers, FAU 20-17 to over Tulsa. And in the SEC, it, w- it was another predictable wild day in-, in the SEC. The first game of the day was LSU up in Columbia over Mizzou 49-39. The LSU defense a little bit better, not a lot better, but they did turn over Brady Cook, and that was the, really the difference. The, the late pick tacked it on and made it 49-39. LSU. The second game of the day in the SEC was all Mississippi State down in Starville over Western Michigan, but Will Rogers was injured late in that game. Uh, State wins 41-28. Alabama, they win 26-20, and they have 26 yards rushing. Alabama. I mean, Mark Ingram used to get 26 yards rushing on the first series. Derrick Henry would get that in, in, in pregame, Zach. They get 26 yards rushing. DJ Durkin sold out. He, it was, his entire plan was, we're going to make Jalen Milrow beat us passing. We're not going to allow the run, load the box, try to cover him man to man. He couldn't do it. And Alabama wins 26-20. Florida 38-14 over Vanderbilt. Georgia, well, they were Georgia. The, the reports of the death of Bama and Georgia have been greatly exaggerated. 51-13 dogs over cats in Saturday night. In Oxford, another wild one down to the last few seconds. Ole Miss wins 27-20 over the Razorbacks. It's time for precious medals on this Monday, Zach. I'll, I'll, I'll start with my medals, and I'll start with the bronze. I'm just going to give a bronze to USC and Caleb Williams. He was the difference in the game. Where would they be without him? There's a lot of teams like that at the most important position in all the team sport at quarterback, but maybe them more so than anyone. And you can't blame the defense at USC on Caleb Williams. He didn't play linebacker. He didn't play strong safety. He plays quarterback, and he does it well. Also give a bronze medal to another quarterback, Kenny Pickett. He outplayed. Lamar yesterday. Can you believe that? He outplayed Lamar Jackson yesterday, and the and the Steelers were able to win 17-10 in a classic AFC North rock fight brawl. Another bronze, 4-1 Detroit Lions. Jerry Goff, he's just really steady. My silver goes to Coach Nick Saban. Jimbo Fisher and DJ Durkin, they had a plan. Well, they retaliated. Alabama had an answer, and Alabama used it. I, I, I gave Alabama too much credit. I said they won 26-20 with 26 yards rushing. Make that 23 yards rushing for the Tide in the win down at College Station. Another silver medal for me goes to Jackson Dart. He stays steady. No turnovers, just solid play. With playing really kind of beat up all night. He needs the open date as much as anyone, and he gets it. And he gets it going into the break with a win over the Razorbacks, 27-20, and another wild game in Oxford. And, and seriously, how many Ole Miss fans? Ole Miss fans, Ole Miss diehards. How many of you had Ole Miss at 5-1 and one after six games going into the open day? I didn't. Not many others did. My first goal goes to Oklahoma in the Red River Shootout win over Texas. That game, that intensity, that setting, that t- the TV presentation of game day and of that game was so good. It looked like it was a Hollywood production. Those blimp and drone shots over Fair Park. They said there were almost 400,000 people 
on the property of Fair Park. Only about 75,000 could get into the stadium for the game. And Dylan Gabriel with his college football moment. 23 of 38, 285, a touchdown passing, 113 rushing, a touchdown rushing. And he was better than Quinn Ewers. I know they don't play against each other. And we often talk about these quarterback versus quarterback matchups. But that's how it reads out. That's how it goes down in the record book. Another one that was just a wide disparity at quarterback, a goal to Brock Purdy, 42-10. to 10. And Mr. Irrelevant is so much better than Mr. Big Contract. Mr. Big Drama, Dak Prescott, he just wore him out. I know the 49er defense put a lot more pressure on Dak than Brock Purdy didn't have a glove laid on him all night. And to see a guy that his entire football life, I'm sure he has been mostly irrelevant, whether it was in high school, it's college at Iowa State, and then in the draft, the last player selected, 17 of 24, 252 yards, four touchdowns. A quarterback that will probably be the first quarterback drafted next spring, Drake May at North Carolina, 442 yards, three touchdowns. North Carolina, 40 to seven, walloping of Syracuse, and North Carolina could, they could be that fourth team in a college football playoff scenario. They are, it, it is a real team. And what Gene Chizik has done for Mac Brown's defense, and this week they play at the U, and against the U, and then they play at Clemson in late November. My rush, the rush may be of all time to Mario Cristobal. He did it again. He did this at Oregon, and he did it again Saturday. I, they, and they say his thing is to not take knees late in the game. Hey, read a coaching handbook for the 21st century late in the game. It's called the victory formation. It's the best two words in sports. Get, get in it. Take a knee. Get a W. And it cost him. There are some reports out of Miami that they were trying to tack on another running back to get to 500 yards rushing for the game, and that's what it cost them. That's that's just incredibly bad. Uh, a rush goes to Texas, they, uh, the Texas Longhorns. They may be back, but they still will greatly disappoint. Rush to Kentucky, a rush to Clayton Kershaw, as I mentioned earlier, and a rush to Dak. He's just not that good. He's serviceable at best with a galaxy of stars around him. He might make it all all work out in the end. But he's just not a difference maker, and it has played out in front of us. When we come back, we'll visit about college football. Oh, I'm sorry, Zach. I know you do. I'm sorry. Yeah. Please, Zach, go, fire away. Okay. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm going to try to make this quick as possible. So uh, my bronze is going is goes to You're the in no rush. Season. I'm sorry, Zach. We mentioned, like you mentioned at the top, Tigers media days, when men's and women's, they're down in Fort Worth. The Grizzlies started their preseason. Like, it's just we're now starting to get into that basketball here. mode here. So uh, even though October is, is, is signifying, is, I guess it signifies a pumpkin, that pumpkin is a basketball in the month of October. So I'm happy for that. So that's my bronze. My silver, I'm giving it to the Indiana, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the New York Jets. All three of those teams were not expected to win, and yet they showed up That's and they point. dominated their matchups this week. Like you mentioned with Indy, Indy knocking off the Titans uh, with a backup quarterback without Anthony Richardson. You mentioned Kenny Pickett knocking off the uh, Ravens, which, by the way, uh, Lamar, he deserves some some blame in that, but the, 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 the uh, Ravens receivers 
deserves a lot of that blame because they were dropping everything in that game. And then the Jets uh, with the revenge game from Nate Hackett knocking off the Broncos and uh, the controversy Zach that Wilson ensues with Russell that. That Wilson. was pretty hilarious for with me with that. My gold is uh, to the Navy midshipmen, and I and I'm wondering, and I and I bet Brett, you're looking at me kind of sideways. You know, yeah, no, give me a salute. You. <laughs> <laughs> as you, you know, I'm, you look at yourself, and you kind of think to yourself, like, why is Zach is giving the Navy uh, a gold at this moment? Well, Jay Morgan decided he wanted to put me in into a little game last week, last Friday, as we were getting I ready to it. close out the show, and and. Unbeknownst to me, I had the I had the thank you for your service uh, game, and so I had to choose between <laughs> either Air Force or Navy to win their game. And uh, I can tell you right now, Saturday afternoon, I was a little bit sweating because I didn't want to I didn't want a punishment coming into Monday. So I appreciate the midshipmen getting the W. Hey, it's three points, but a win is a win. I will take it any day, so I don't have to do no punishment. Uh, my no duds, my duds will have to be my my Dallas Cowboys. I mean, gosh, no, like, I mean, you was no, going into this game. Every all every media he, person was hyping this Rumble. game up as it's the game that, of the it's, year. It's just true now. Yeah, yeah, and so it's just. I mean, it was just bad. Like it was, it was overall, it was bad. Like I, like yeah, we can we can put it on Dak, but the entire team to me that they, they just didn't show up at all. Like it just didn't. It was not there. So hopefully they'll they'll, they'll come out, uh, come out in the next game and try to rectify their mistakes because they got the Chargers next week with Kellen Moore. But that's not easy. Yeah, they were they were my biggest dud of the weekend because they they it was just complete no show at all. That's our medals for Monday morning. We'd like yours at nine zero one three six zero. 8255. When we come back, we'll talk college football with our good friend John Thompson. You're listening to Wolo and Friends. Zach Boyd producing. I'm Brett Norsworthy. Dave Wolosian, he'll be back on Wednesday. We'll be back after this on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are real sports talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Dave back on Wednesday, and I'll join him in my regular guest spot Wednesday about 1030 to talk the SEC with him. But to talk the SEC with him on Mondays, it is a staple of Memphis Sports Radio. And it's our good friend, our great friend, John Thompson, who joins us to talk college football. And, Johnny, good morning to you. First of all, how are good you? Good morning. Good morning. It's good to talk to a four-city legend. That's good. That's good to talk to. <laughs> I, saw, I saw two, two four-city legends in the Grove Saturday, uh, our friend Jimmy Taylor and our friend Mallory Parker. Four City was well-represented Saturday. There you go. There you go. Good. They don't come any better than that right there with those two guys. That is excellent. Jimmy lives up uh, here. Uh, I, I talked to him a lot, but Jimmy, I, 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 Jimmy Taylor lives up here in Atlanta I, with me. 
Johnny, I'm going to put it like this. I saw one really good slot receiver, and I saw another <laughs> slot receiver of the two of them. <laughs> I understand. I understand. <laughs> you you, you got to tell the other one I, I busted him out like that. But, no, the sat, the Saturday in the SEC, it started early. And, and, and Johnny, I, last week I had people, I, our text line, people t- telling me, oh, man, you're way too heat of the moment on this Jaden Daniels stuff. And, you know, I listed him with Cam and Johnny Manziel and Joe Burrow and Bryce Young and, and quarterbacks I've seen come into Oxford. I'm telling you, if they win out, I don't think they will, but if LSU wins out, Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman Trophy. Wow, that's a big that. You know what? He has played that way every single game. And, and the, you know, uh, Eli's doing a good job there with Missouri. He's doing a, a great sure job. And for them uh, to come back and double-digit be down and – he just plays. I don't know. He's going to be hard. I don't. I don't know about winning the Heisman. I'll, I'll have to go with Brock Bowers right now. But uh, oh, really? Wow. That's a that that's a that's a big statement right there. But what a tough time for a Cook to throw his first interception of the year right there at the end. It, but, it was. That was. A, they were a legitimate team. Missouri is a legitimate team. I didn't think so. I, but Eli's done a good job with that team. All right, Johnny, you, you, you've been in the, the battles, uh, you, a head coach, defense coordinator. How, how do you let what happened in Miami happen? Oh, Georgia no. Tech's a good team. Haynes King's a good player. I don't know what was bad. What, I know, I know what was worse, the, the strategy, but the defense after the blown strategy was just as deplorable. Well, it was. I mean, they, they still had to, had to take the ball 65 yards, I think, or, or whatever it was, but that's, uh, the offensive coordinators taking a lot of heat, and I, I, you just can't let that happen. I mean, you got enough going on on the sideline, and you got to be aware of the time and the timeouts. And Cristobal, that that that's a that's a terrible thing, and he's gonna, you know that that's gonna that's gonna haunt him for the rest. He better win out. He better win out, or that's gonna haunt him. But I I was thinking, you know, when when I was at East Carolina and Bobby Petrino was, was at Louisville. There was ten seconds left to go in the game, and they and we were behind by ten. And I called a timeout, and I took a lot of heat for calling the timeout because Petrino turned it around and handed it to a guy named Michael Bush, and he went uh-huh. forty for a touchdown at the end. But if they had a fumbled and we get the ball back and we throw it down and we get an onside kick and we kick, we could tie, sure. tie the game up. So. That's um, you know they're going to attack Cristobal and and he deserves it, he deserves it. But uh, you know I got roasted in those days for calling a timeout instead of just letting the clock run out. But I I wasn't going to do it. I was going to you know give ourselves a chance to the end. But that's not exactly the same situation. But um, you got to be the head coach and the offensive coordinator. I I don't know why. I, I that that's a that's a head scratcher right there. Why you would do that instead of just kneel all you do is kneel the game's over it is it's over, over. It's not, he, he did it once at Oregon they, they, they say his, his his worldview is to not take knees the best two words in the sport is victory formation <laughs> no doubt no doubt no doubt that's um and then but you got to give um hey haynes king you got to give him some credit to transfer sure from do. texas a&m 
uh, you got to give him some credit. He took him down there and, and got it done right in the, in Boy, the last George, minute. So. Georgia Tech would love to have back that bowling green game, and, and, and they would be rolling along pretty well. Talking college football with John Thompson. And, Johnny, the day started Saturday. Game day was there. The whole presentation from the state fairgrounds looked dynamic on TV. Mm. I got to go to that oh, yeah. game in 2016. It's it's just unreal. And then the game lived up to it. Those two quarterbacks, and in the end, the the lefty, the southpaw, Dylan Gabriel, he he, he was better than Quinn Ewers was. Well, they gave him a chance there at the end um, with 115, and and now they're saying that that Venables on uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday in a two minute drill. Put one one minute and fifteen seconds on the clock and says you got to go seventy five to and to get a touchdown to win and that's what they did so they practiced Smart. that and that's a I mean that's that's really amazing that that came out but hey you got to look hey OU OU's goal line stand earlier in the game I mean they had uh, Texas got really hard headed and tried to pound it in there four times in a row. And OU's defensive line stood up. Uh, really made a, a huge, huge difference uh, in that game. I thought that was the turning point. Well, not necessarily the turning point, but that was gave them the opportunity to come back and win if they're at the game. But, hey, those two teams, uh, they'll probably play again. They'll play again, and I think the stakes are going to be really high when they play the, the next time. So that's two good football teams, I think. Well, Coach, both of them, Sarkeesian is doing a good job. I mean, they they had the fake punt, and then they but then they got the kick blocked. So uh, mm-hmm. or they blocked the kick. So it was uh, it was an interesting game. That was fun to watch. I love my favorite place in in the whole world, Cotton Bowl. Great place. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. It, it, it's such a great stadium, and, and, and you ought to see it. They've, they've poured a fortune into it. Old gal looks better now than she ever has. <laughs> well, there's no, uh, there's no suites, and it's just around the, the Cotton Bowl, and, and uh-huh. uh, you know, growing up when, when Arkansas was in the Southwest uh-huh. Conference, I mean, that was you know, hey, hey, ho, ho. That's the, that was the whole deal. It was Nirvana for us, Johnny. Excuse me. It, it was Nirvana for us. That was the goal. That was the destination. That was it. That no doubt, no doubt about it. And uh, that's uh, that. That's going to be good. They got to keep that game there and as an SEC game, and I think they both will. It's just too much, uh, too much good stuff going on there for college football to to move that on campus. I, t- I tell you another thing I like about it, you know, all the new places are so nice. Are you, I mean, it's just everything's just perfect now, and everybody's spoiled, rotten, and sweets, and access. And, I mean, you can go to a game now and buy quiche, you know, at a college football game. At the Cotton Bowl, the concourses are still real narrow, and just like War Memorial, you go to the bathroom, and it's humbling. Nothing but the troughs. <laughs> well, you go get some cotton candy on you, and you got to have your corn dog too. But that's uh, that is that just being there, seeing that is uh, uh, is is a is a fun. That was my most fun game. We got we got beat by Oklahoma, and when I was at Arkansas in the in the Cotton Bowl, but it was a close game, and they had Rocky Calmus, Teddy Lehman, a lot of good players on that. Defense. Roy Williams, Roy Williams, absolutely. Sure was. Yeah. Sure was. Not the basketball coach, but the, but the defensive back. Saturday night, J- Johnny, last week, I, I saw this point spread. And I, I know Vegas knows what they're doing. I know it kind of drives a lot of the conversation. When I saw Ole Miss at 11 
and then Friday it got to 12. Saturday morning I woke up and it was 13. I thought all week, no way. I've seen this game too many times, and I knew that Arkansas was wounded and they would come in and play well. And I knew Ole Miss coming off a lot of emotion. I, I, I said on these airways Friday afternoon, 38-28 Ole Miss. Okay, I missed it a little. It was 27-20, but it played out just about like I thought it would from start to finish. Well, Arkansas hung in there. I mean, you you can't throw that interception that uh, Jefferson threw in the last two minutes. There was 142, I think, left in the game when he does that. And, you know, give, give Ole Miss a lot of credit. They created problems for Arkansas's just mismatched, no cohesive turning around offensive line. But, I mean, yeah. what – what does besides Jefferson? What does Arkansas have that that is really a problem for people right now? There's there's just not anything. I mean, maybe Sanders have come back and do that, but but he's uh, hurt. I was I was more impressed with with Ole Miss's edge pressure, and they confused Arkansas's jacked up offensive line. I mean, it's Arkansas's got a problem, uh, obviously, in their offensive line and. Uh, you know, they started one group and then they, they finished back. They went back and finished with another group or, and shifted them around. Guards playing tackle, tackles playing guards. And that's um, that's that's not a good thing this, this deep in the season. But, uh, you know, it, it, Arkansas hung in the game uh, by their defense playing so well uh, on third downs. Ole Miss didn't mm-hmm. not do very well at all on third downs. But... Uh, but Arkansas just, I mean, there's nothing that when you say, okay, let's get the ball to this guy or, you know, and then KJ throws the interception and that's, uh, that's what happened. So yeah, there's, was, there's not a lot. Ole Miss, that, Ole Miss came back. I mean, that would have been a, that would have been a trap game or a hangover game for Ole oh, Miss. Crush. They, didn't, they didn't allow it. It, it would have made a lot, it, it would have taken a lot of the air and the fun out of the last week's win if you turn right back around because at open date time, I had, I had Ole Miss four and two at open date. And I asked rhetorically earlier, how many Ole Miss fans really thought it would be five and one at the open date? And, you know, if you give that game back, you've kind of moved one from the, the summertime column of loss to win with LSU. Well, then you would have moved one right back with a home loss to Arkansas. And Johnny, you're right about game planning for the Razorbacks except for KJ it's just not a and and with rocket hurt and he he is he's hurt they're, they're, I don't know what percentage they're giving out but it ain't a hundred I know that and, no and he, it, he was hard. not not at all not at all and no. then but the play of the game I mean the interception that that Jefferson threw in the last two minutes I mean if you're going to be the guy then you got to be the guy we, we talked about Dylan Gabriel, and we talk about other quarterbacks, you know, the Cook at at, uh, at Missouri yeah. or even Milrow, and we'll probably talk about him at Alabama. But uh, Jefferson, that, that you know, Arkansas's driving the football there, and they're they're down one score. And he, and he throws an interception, throws it into a crap, and, and Ole Miss picks it off and walks out with the win. But that's, uh, you know, Arkansas's got to find themselves. I don't know. I don't know really what that means to say find yourself, but I just go into Tuscaloosa to do it. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I hear yeah. you. That's a that's a humbler for sure to head to on oh, four game losing streak. You got to head to Alabama. That's rough. Final game we'll visit about it. It will be Alabama. Their road win at Texas A and M. I love DJ Dirk and Johnny and and uh and and really got to be pretty good buds with him when he was at Ole Miss. His plan Saturday, I can't blame him a bit. Load that box, dare Alabama to throw, make Milrow beat you. 
and he did. And he did. He threw for over a hundred. And Burton stepped up. You know, they hadn't had a hadn't had a playmaker at wide receiver, and maybe maybe they have found one. But you know, I, I, watching that game, and and I was would look, and I said, well, the this D line is dominating, but no, the offensive line is inconsistent. Then the other side, this D line is dominating, but no, the offensive line is inconsistent. But I agree. I love the pressure that uh, that that A and M put on them. I, uh, but Milro Milro stepped up there, and he would. You know, he's not a complete quarterback. I mean, no, no, no. That, that's not that's not him. But A and M had had like six sacks, I think, six sacks. But Alabama, how do you keep winning with fourteen penalties? That just that just twenty three yards it. rushing for Alabama. Yeah, yeah Alabama. You're right. Uh, it's. Um, you know, it just it just doesn't make sense. But A and M, when you give up a safety and you play poorly, you really play. I mean, Max Johnson did not have a good second half. He played poorly, and then A and M gets uh, gets the field goal block for a touchdown. I mean, that's the difference in the game right there. So it's. Uh, yeah. But I I do I did like the pressure, just like you were talking about that 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 Durkin brought it with uh, with A and M. Real quickly, Johnny, one one last game I want to get in. Georgia, they stepped up and they let everybody know that we're back to back national champs for a week. They put it on Kentucky. Yeah, they opened up a can. They opened sure up did. a can and, and, and pretty early on Kentucky there too, and and did everything. I, and you, we're you know you look at, at Georgia's quarterback and you say no way that that ain't it. I mean, especially when he takes his helmet off. Yeah, but the guy is growing up, and the guy's turning into a big time quarterback because three eighty nine. Excuse me, he went for three eighty nine Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and and, and he looks like he should be at a Cub Scout weenie roast. Bauer still has had a great game. Um, I, can he win the Heisman, Brett? Can he win the Heisman as a tight end? Well, I have a vote, and if I had to vote today, my vote, I, I, I would vote Bowers 1, Daniels 2, Caleb Williams 3. Yeah, I I, uh, I, don't, I can't disagree with that. I would, only I, that would only one top. tight end to ever win it, and that was, that was uh, uh, Leon Hart at Notre Dame in the late 40s, and they listed him as playing <laughs> end. Yeah, I knew that. Sure, I knew that. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. late forties. Yeah, yeah. I was John six. Thompson. I, think I was six years old. Yeah, uh, no, you were. You were. You weren't born in the late forties. No, come on now, <laughs> John. It's been great to visit with you. I'll be listening to you next Monday when you join Dave all the way through the college football national championship. And so much fun. Real quick, real quick. I got to get this in. So Saturday they were telling the story. At, at Red River Shootout, that in 1976, Gerald Ford was president and was running for re-election that year and was there for the coin toss, and he couldn't get Switzer and Daryl Royal to even acknowledge each other and speak at midfield. And I was thinking, you know who was behind the scenes in a lot of that? Our old buddy Bill Shimmick. <laughs> well, he might have seen a practice or two. You never know. You never that, know was, what, that, what that, that was that was the incident do. that had them so mad at each other. <laughs> no question, no question about. <laughs> when he snuck it. in uh, as one of the the members of the painting crew. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, we could we'll, we could tell some stories, but I don't want to get my my man my head coach my high school head coach into into any trouble right now. We, he, we sure uh, don't. What a character! Bill Simic, one of the greatest characters in football history. And this is a G-rated show, so we 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 we, we must we must end. Uh, John, man, have a great for week. Thanks me, man. Great talking to you. Great talking to you. Thank you so much. Our, our friend John Thompson talking college football. He'll be with Dave next Monday, and I will be listening. We break now. When we come back, we'll talk. The coaches have voted at AAC Basketball Media Days. We'll have that poll and other things about the Tigers, some NFL, and we will wrap it up. You're listening to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio. For Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Thank you very much, Zach. Again, Dave will be back on Wednesday. I'll be back this afternoon with Bryant Dacus for sports time from 3 to 6. And I'll be back in the morning for Wolo and Friends again tomorrow morning. Normally on Mondays, Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal joins Dave. But he is in Dallas at AAC Media Days in DFW. Where the home, where the conference offices are located and where they're having all of the media days. And the voting is out from the coaches, 14 league coaches. 11 first place votes for Florida Atlantic, their first place. Second place, Memphis. And not that far behind in third place, only 17 votes behind Memphis. Tulane at third, uh, Andy Kennedy's UAB Blazers, four, East Carolina, five, North Texas, six. Can you believe the Tigers are back in a conference with North Texas? Used to be in the Valley a million years ago with SMU seventh. Wichita State, 8th, South Florida, ninth, Tulsa, 10, Rice, 11, Rice, Rice, uh, Temple, 12, Charlotte, 13, and Texas, San Antonio. Unlike in football, they're ranked 14th. First team all-conference, Eric Gaines from UAB, John L. Davis, who was voted preseason MVP, Conference Player of the Year, Elijah Martin from Florida Atlantic. Those two players, part of the FAU miracle, F. FAU Final Four run last year that started with the heartbreaking loss for Memphis, the win for FAU over the Tigers in Columbus. Javon Quinterly from Alabama, he's part of the first team. And Jalen Forbes with Tulane, he's part of it. Well, second team, a couple of Tigers, Jordan, or one Tiger, Jordan Brown. And preseason player of the year, as I said, John L. Davis. Rookie of the year, first uh, newcomer of the year, Carl Sharonfont for Memphis, and J.J. Taylor. I hope at the end of the year they're dueling it out for Rookie of the Year in the AAC. We know this conference past the top four. I, I, I would definitely say that, FAU Tigers, Tulane, and UAB. Then it's a big drop-off, and it really drops off uh, from seven or eight on down after – SMU, Wichita State, and that is being very charitable, down to Tulsa and Rice and Temple and Charlotte and Texas, San Antonio, and all that. That said, we know the Memphis Tigers. Okay, a second place to FAU. That People could digest that. People could handle that. That would be okay. Not anything less than that. And you are, 
you finish in the in the season according to your seed. If you get to the conference tournament and your third seed, I don't want to hear about any tiebreakers. And we well, we really tied for second, or was it was kind of you know a three way tie for first? No, whatever seeds you are come tournament time, that's where you finished. If you finish, if you're the sixth seed, that means you finish six. If you're the third, that means you finish third. And I think most people can understand a uh, two. But really, the Tigers should win this conference. And if, you, if you're going to have the kind of year everyone's expecting, should really bulldoze it. it, it it's hard to find many conference losses. I, I don't, at 18 games, I don't see how in the world they can lose four times in conference. That would be both times the Florida Atlantic and then two more against, frankly, this list of nobodies in, in the rest of this conference. 15 and 3 is kind of the, the starting point. Anything above that is, you know, I, I think really knocking it out of the park for the Tigers this year. But it, it's going to be fun at FedEx Forum with the Tigers and with the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies get it started in about two weeks on Wednesday, October 25th against New Orleans. Then uh, a couple Mondays after that, first Monday in November, Monday, November the 6th, the Memphis Tigers play the Jackson. State Tigers. In college football, the AP poll out, no shocker, Georgia and Michigan, they sit on top. I think those two have, have some separation from the rest. It's not, it's not a, it's, it's not wide, but they have a little separation, I think, from the next grouping of teams. And that includes number three, Ohio State, number four, Florida State, number five, Oklahoma, moving up seven spots in this week's Associated Press poll. Six, Penn State, Seven, Washington, eight, Oregon. All eight of those teams that I just listed, they're all undefeated. The first one-loss team comes in at ninth, Texas. They're so good up front. I, I thought they had better material Saturday than Oklahoma, but they weren't able to win. Ten, USC, with questions galore on defense. Eleven, Alabama, with questions galore on offense still. Number 12, North Carolina. Talked about Drake May and medals earlier. They could be that team that squeezes in as the fourth seed in the college football playoff. They will have to win the AAC regular season and the championship game to do it. All 12 of the teams I've talked about so far, I think, legitimately can finish in the college football playoff. I don't know if all 12 can win it. I don't think North Carolina win it can win it, but they can get in the college football playoff. 13, Ole Miss up three spots after the 27-20 win over Arkansas. 14, Louisville after their drubbing over Notre Dame. 15, Oregon State. 16, Utah. 17, Duke. 18, UCLA. 19, Washington State. UCLA over Washington State to end Washington State's undefeated season. Washington State's tied at 19th with Tennessee. And this week, a really big game is Tennessee hosts the Texas Aggies in Knoxville. 21, Notre Dame and falling down 11 spots. And I just don't know if they're that good. And when are they going to be back? All the teams that are back. Florida State's back. Texas is back. Miami talks about being back. When's Notre Dame going to be back? Tennessee talks about being back. When's Notre Dame going to be back? They haven't won at all since 1988, and that is the standard there, to win it all. Because they don't have a conference, so they have to win it all to make a lot of noise. 22 LSU. I, I want to say the uh, just looking at the first six weeks, these the, these last six weeks of college football, like you said, Georgia and Michigan, in my opinion, are the cream of the crop for right girl. now. But in my but I think also the, for that last two spot because uh, again I could be wrong because I think we're back up to sixteen. Am I am am I correct with the uh, CFP? 
No, no, j- this year just four. Just the four. Next okay, year we go to so we go to twelve. I think Florida State. I think Florida State is going to get in, and I think Oregon's going to get in. And the reason, and I think the Big Twelve. I think Ohio State, Penn State, and even like Michigan, they're all just going to beat up on in the Big other. Ten. Yeah, they will, and they're all in the same division. Yes. 23 Kansas, 24 Kentucky, and 25 Miami. That loss. I, I think in standard coaching contracts should be, if you lose like that, you're immediately fired and we owe you nothing. Ooh. That's pretty severe. Well, that was, that, it's just so hard to win these games, and he absolutely gave it away. He, de- he definitely did, though. He did. He just gift wrapped it, Zach. I mean, you, 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 I couldn't. You, I couldn't you, believe it when I saw the highlights. I was like, okay, like Miami's up. Uh, they up. They up six. So I'm like, all right, cool. Well, like, you, well, you, you know how things. Ball out, you know how things knees, are like, now. Cool, whatever. And like he fumbled. You know how and things like, are now, Zach. Oh no! Like they had a chance to score. And I, I'm I'm busy Saturday night at, you know, at the old Miss game, and but I, I do kind of make a scroll through the X machine through Twitter, and I'm I'm seeing oh how how did Georgia Tech win that? Well, how did Miami give that away? So I really don't digest it till I get through post game, get to where I can watch TV, and I go that's why everybody was outraged. Yeah, and, and they they should have been. I'll be back tomorrow during this time on Dave's show from ten to eleven. Coming up next, the John Harden extravaganza. I want to thank our only guest today. That was John Thompson. Stay with us. Johnny Radio coming up next from 11 to 1. I'll be back with Bryant Dacus at 3 o'clock. We'll have sports time from 3 to 6. We also have Monday night football tonight. Kevin Harlan and Mike Golick on that call. You've been listening to Wolo and Friends with Zach Boyd producing. I'm Brett Norsworthy. Have a great rest of your afternoon.